0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Plundergrounds Weekly RPG Zine Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Otis, and today I'm going to be talking about Codex R by Roque Romero, and Eric Hill. Now that's uh, Roque Romero, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, it's R-O-Q-U-E, so I suppose it could be Roque, but I'm, I'm guessing it's Roke. Uh, Codex R describes itself as a kaleidoscopic excursion in space-time, cataloging headless farmers, party deities, apocalyptic critters, bad hair days, and totalitarian practices. Trade celebrity skins with collectors. Meet a friendly ambulatory building. Joust with carnivorous gastropods. Help lost souls find the best afterlife. Compatible with Troika, but fitting as inspiration for any fantasy game. Includes 46 entries with full-color illustrations and an illustrated dungeon, table of events, and adventure seeds. Written by Roque, Romero, and Eric Hill. Illustrated by Roque, Romero. Edited by Jarrett Crater. Layout by Eric Hill. 56 pages, A5, which is a digest size for those of us in America. Uh, Saddle-stitched, color cover, and interior includes PDF. And, and, sorry, color cover and interiors, comma, includes PDF. (laughs) so codex R. what i like about this zine almost everything honestly i don't know um the cover uh, it says a kaleidoscopic excursion in space-time that's actually a pretty good description but i think on first reading it, it didn't mean anything to me i had to open it up and to, to to really understand what this book is about it has it's not for everybody let me start there Uh, This Troika already has kind of a weird vibe to it. Uh, This zine isn't expressly written for Troika, even though it has kind of the compatible with Troika badge on it because there are no stats in the book. Uh, It is most like a book of monsters, but it's not really like any book of monsters that you've seen uh, recently, I don't think. (laughs) And it, it, it has a vibe that I would... Uh, I, I was thinking of uh, like the movie La Planète Sauvage i am I'm, I'm can't speak french so i'm sorry but uh we know it i think as uh oh, what's the american title of that the forbidden planet the strange planet it's a it, it's an animated movie uh made in france i believe in the 80s, I'm guessing. I should have looked all this up. It's one of my favorites. I really love it. It's bizarre. Human beings are uh, the pets of enormous aliens that have kind of bulging eyes and uh, fin-like ears, but are otherwise somewhat humanoid, uh, blue-colored skins. And, you know, we're just a a toy to them, a convenience, and sometimes an inconvenience. And the, it's about a human that escapes and you see what happens to him in the kind of wild landscape and, and among other humans who were wild as opposed to, uh, t- it's like the city mouse versus country mouse here, right? Or the you know, the pet rat escapes and, and joins the real rats <laughs> and things get cool from there. This is feature me. I had to break in and get the facts on this right. The English title is Fantastic Planet and I wanted to say it was from the 70s, but I doubted myself and at the last second said the 80s and indeed I was right. The first time it's from 1973 and here's how it's described. Slaves and masters dominate the narrative of the faraway world of Yagam, set around the lifespan of Tur, a, hu- a minute human-shaped Om slave and pet of the giant blue alien Drogs. Escaping into the wilderness and with a device used for intellectual advancement of the Drogs, Tur finds refuge and support from fellow Ohms, and using the learning tool, he finds that knowledge is power and then sets to use the newfound knowledge to revolt against the Drog masters. All of that sounds very bizarre, and indeed it is, but the drawings of this really carry the day, and the witty dialogue and just wondrous, weird moments in the film. It was directed by René Uh I don't find any animation credits on here, so I'm not sure who all was involved in the drawing of it, but it's it's quite remarkable, and I highly recommend watching it. Um, it's the kind of show <laughs> It's very weird, right? Uh, it's not particularly graphic or anything but it's the kind of show that you you don't just plunk on the tv in front of anybody um it has to be somebody who's going to appreciate and understand the kind of weird 70s vibe it has so you may want to watch it on your own first or or catch a few minutes of it on youtube or something like that before you commit to it and decide who you're going to watch it with with whom you're going to watch it i should say boop I would put it in that camp. Uh, Yellow Submarine, if you've ever seen the Yellow Submarine, the Beatles movie, animated movie. Think about Planescape, maybe. The March of the Modrons. All these things would fit. In other words, it's got a a weird, uh, weird vibe, weird fantasy vibe that's very cool. Uh, Also reminds me a little bit of the art of Marc Chagall um, and maybe some surrealist artists. But uh, it has... if I say this, it's going to sound pejorative, but it has a kind of, the, the the illustrations have a little bit of the vibe of something you would see in a children's picture book, P- picture book, sorry, my Midwestern picture coming out there. Um, pictures are things you drink out of, pictures are things that you look at, and uh, so it has this, uh, has that kind of cool vibe to it. Um, it's in no way childish, but it has, like I said, kind of an innocent, uh, pastelish. Flat shapes and colors. Um, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to describe really, but you'll know it when you see it, right? If if you get a, a peek at this book, and I believe there's some sample pages at Exalted Funeral where I picked up this zine. Uh, I'll, to get to the specifics first, I believe I paid fifteen dollars plus shipping for this. It has a very high production quality. It's uh, saddle stitched, which means stapled in the middle. If you don't know that, uh, you know, trimmed. The cover has um, a vellum look and kind of a, a matte feel to it, which is really nice. I'm rubbing it in my hands as I talk, so you may be hearing some smooshy or zippy sounds in the background. The illustrations are full color throughout. That's, oh, you know what? Um, I did forget there is there is no real stats in here, but there is a thing at the bottom of the page of a lot of these monsters that is used in Troika, which is a D6 table of mean spelled M-I-E-N, meaning their their sort of attitude when you find them, they're what they're up to when you find them. So just uh, let me let me grab one here. Okay, uh, this is the Nigo. Uh It looks like a A big slug, and it's under a bucket, which may be... Well, here, let me read the description. Left homeless and vulnerable when abandoned by the Pilgrim shells, some opportunistic nago gastropods entered a symbiotic relationship with the Buka Falls. They claim the arrangement is mutual and harmless for their hosts. Now, this is a good example of how things build in this zine. The Buka Falls are a monster that's covered earlier. Um, It is a kind of a giant humanoid without a head. Um, I believe they were developed to be a servitor race and they took to using buckets as heads to express their emotions and so they might carry multiple buckets with them and switch the buckets in and out to you know indicate how they're feeling or what they want to say so this is a slug that lives in the bucket head of a buka fall, if that makes sense uh, so at the bottom of this page there are six means uh, the first one is I'll just read them from one to six scandalous greedy Cocky, bored, pissy, or vengeful. So, you know, there's just gives you a little bit of an adjective to go on for each one of these. It strikes me now that bukafall, as I've been pronouncing it, might be bukafall because it probably relates to the word bucolic, as in pastoral. On the other hand, it could be buckafall, relating to the word bucket. <laughs> so, a nice bit of naming there. Some of the creatures are are more traditional in the sense that they're just like a creature. Some of them are more deity like, um, you know, singular entities with odd behaviors. Some of them are places, like there's the Hall of Forgiving Eyes, is, is a place, uh, and there are some things that are more like, you know, incarnate words or <laughs> robots or things like that. So it's very bizarre. Um, it would not fit in just any old campaign, but. I just, I dig it. I dig it as an art book. I dig it as uh, it tells its own little story. So even though it's a bestiary that I mentioned that uh, when I was talking about the slug that lives in the bucket head of the Buka Falls, the, the Nago, um, that it builds on itself. So it tells you about an environment through monsters. And uh, there's a, a, for instance, there's a, a, a maze in here. Um, and that is itself kind of a a creature entry and then there's an entry of four a conglomeration of spirits of four lost children or four children who were lost in the maze and that's also an entity so there's these things and the illustration is um a a map of of the maze and then with a cutout that looks like a child and then on the next page you get the cutout (laughs) that's running free those child spirits that are running free and and looking for something one thing I kind of forgot to talk about was the totalitarian aspect of this uh, zine. It it definitely has these powerful figures named and described, sometimes appearing as creatures, sometimes not, that have major agendas to fulfill within this setting. And that is really cool. It has a very sinister vibe to it. Uh, it reminds me a lot, the first time I read uh, Madeline uh, L- L'Engle's... Um, Oh, boy. Wrinkle in time. Thank you. Whew. My memory's st- struggling today. I'm still on my first cup of coffee. So, a wrinkle in time. Uh, and, uh, there's a scene where they appear on this strange planet to rescue one of the character's uh, little brothers. And... The as they step onto the planet, um, there are kids playing on the street and they're all bouncing their balls in, in perfect unison. And uh, then they all... There's something, you know, the clock strikes or something and they all head in at the same time. And there's kind of this brain at the center of this world uh, that has uh, like an intellectual or, or psychic heartbeat that controls everything around it. And I just you know, that scene freaked me out when I was a kid reading, as I think it does most kids in a good way. I mean, it's, it's not wrong for kids to get a little freaked out now and then. Um, <laughs> just watch their anxiety levels, right? If, if you have a kid reading that book. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it, you know, we should be scared of totalitarianism. And it should feel sinister. And I think it does in this book. So I don't want to understate that angle of it. it is pretty cool. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I was really excited when I saw the PDF on itch.io and uh, got that and I just did a really cursory, this is my my new method. I just do a really cursory cursory glance through a PDF now um, and I wait for the physical product to come in to think much about it. So uh, I made a comment on the itch.io page at the time and the artist responded that he was excited to see what I thought of it after I got into it. And he's probably been waiting for a month, a month and a half for me to get around to this because it took a while to get to me in physical form and then it took me a couple of weeks to read it. And uh, not it, Well, it took me a couple weeks to getting around to reading it. I read it in one sitting. It's it um, it's fairly thick but it's fairly minimalistic on words. I think it's, what did it say, there's like 50, 56 pages, something like that in the zine. And, uh, so it's a nice thickish little book and uh, I don't have anything else to say about it, I think I've been fairly clear, again, not for everybody um, maybe not even something that you would actually use at the table all that much, but a, a very fun flight of fantasy, and if you have a group that's playing a weird setting where uh, where things just aren't uh, bear less resemblance to reality than, than you might expect otherwise, that have a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek vibe um, sometimes almost punish, but not really. This th- I don't feel like this Codex R ever gets silly. Uh, it, it borders on absurdity, I guess, more than silliness. Uh, so if if you have a game where that would fit, great. Um, I could see it not only in Troika, but maybe in something like Itris B. Uh, if you don't know that game, it's uh, spelled I-T-R-A-S-B-Y. So B-Y is the second word, and I believe it's pronounced ITRIS B. And it's a surrealistic uh, investigator-style game role-playing game that works off of um it works off card cues that kind of it's been a long time since i've read this so forgive me if i'm getting it wrong but i believe you you kind of pose these questions in the fiction as you play uh and then you get or oracular answers um like yes but but and they often have very kind of uh, well Uh, more specific twists not extremely specific they're still evocative and vague enough that you can interpret them in the scene but uh, there are twists and other things it's not just yes and or no but kind of answers Um, but you do that from a deck of cards or you can uh, kind of roll on a table but it's, very, it's also a very cool game. Uh, you can have a look at that. I believe it's available on Drive RPG. but I didn't mean to talk about that game specifically, so I don't have any of the details um, here off the top of my head, including the author. I, I don't know who the author is off the top of my head. Okay, uh, just a quick one today. I hope you enjoyed that. Codex R. Um, i I'm on a Troika kick right now, so when I do these solo episodes for a little while, you may be getting Troika zings, but rest assured it's not all I'll talk about. I, I, I kind of roam around. And uh, I got a, one of the, I think my next one I look at here, if I can find it, where did I stick it? Um, You can hear me digging in my bag now, uh, is the Lighthouse at the Edge of the Universe, which is a little solo role-playing exercise that uh, I got through Kickstarter 3. And uh, that's probably what I'll talk about on my next solo episode. In the meantime, I am... Uh, eager to work with other people who want to talk about zines. I'm not particularly interested in talking to the creators of a zine unless they want to talk about another zine, if that makes sense. So I, I would rather have people talking about a zine um, that they didn't create. If that, <laughs> I don't know why, honestly. I feel like there's a lot of interviews out there. Maybe, it's, maybe I, I don't need to repeat that exercise for people and i thought i'd do something a little different but um, eager to talk to other people so if you have a zine you really love and you want to talk about it and it's not your zine in other words you're not coming on for promotional reasons uh feel free to contact me you can you can catch me at rayotus at com. that's r-a-y-o-t-u-s at gmail.com and i'd be happy to see if we can work something out time-wise i'm on the pacific time zone which means uh gmt minus eight i believe and that, that helps you kind of think about when we might get together but in the meantime thanks for listening and i appreciate all of you i uh, have had some great feedback and uh keep keep looking at those zines don't dismiss them right this is a this is kind of a hidden world of greatness that uh, a lot of rpg enthusiasts don't know about because you won't see it on the shelf of your of your local game store very often sometimes you will uh, here in San Diego, I've seen a couple show up on, on shelves, but it's it's pretty uncommon. You kind of have to hunt these things down through uh, Patreons and itch.io pages and, and places like Exalted Funeral and Rooks Press and uh, Spear Witch, which are all, all three zine uh, purveyors. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for these things and keep listening. We'll talk to you soon me again from the future to get the credits correct on interest B it is by Ol Pader Javar and Martin Bull Gudmundson Gudmundson probably um, again probably butchered those names but you can find it on RPG. I believe it's around $15 for the PDF and it simply describes itself as a surreal role playing game some of the inspirations mentioned are things like Gormenghast and Twin Peaks Kafka, Mieville, Roald Dahl um, I, I believe those were mentioned by fans or somebody doing a review not necessarily by the authors but I think those are all fitting